Hey guys, this is your host, Kate Jones. I'm here with Josue DeVee. Uh, you're on UMFM 101.5, and this is the new podcast called Engage. Uh, we're here to talk about the community here in Winnipeg and bring on guests that are doing multiple things in the community, such as initiatives, such as engaging with their community members and bringing creative ideas to the forefront. So we really want to highlight certain stories within the city. We want to highlight individuals and we want to highlight organizations that are doing the work to make the city the vibrant place that it is. Uh, today, we have a super special guest and his name is Eric. He is from Friday Nights here in Winnipeg. He is as well a event organizer. He's a creative individual. He's a business owner for a couple of businesses here in Winnipeg. One is called Make Shit, but I think that they've actually restructured since and we could talk about that more a little bit as we go in but and the other is friday nights which has done a lot for the community so uh, you can go ahead and introduce yourself for sure and, and let yourself let the people know kind of a little bit about you thanks man i owe you 20 bucks for that intro that was good <laughs> uh yeah uh so basically i run a creative studio in winnipeg with my friends we have been, I've been kind of spearheading like my own brand Friday nights for the last 10 years, be 10 years this month. And along the way, just kind of doing fun shit and taking different forms, you know, as they come. So we've showed up in the form of a pop-up shop, you know, we've showed up in the form of a clothing truck. We've, you know, shown up in the form of a retail store with sneaker consignment. And our current form is a creative studio on Donald Street. In the last year, we launched a manufacturing company with a few of our friends and are kind of helping fine tune some, you know, merch for creatives in the city, which is kind of where our passion lies as far as production goes. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's kind of me. <laughs> Dope. Awesome, man. Yeah, I've, uh, I've definitely been to your shop a few times. I've got a bunch of your clothes now. And I was wondering, just as a fan of the brand, how that process started, like from the beginning, when you first started the idea and how you got the ball rolling with that? Yeah, like, it was really just about wanting to create experiences in Winnipeg, do something that I didn't see a lot of people in our city doing. So at the time, there wasn't, you know, a ton of local streetwear brands. I really wanted to be in the mix. That was kind of this way that I saw that I could express myself and connect with people at the same time. So it really just started as like a labor of love and wanting to put out cool product, stuff that I would wear, stuff that my friends would wear. And, you know, I started tossing teas to people in the local rap community. And before you know it, I was like selling at local rap shows. You know, if a hip hop concert happened in Winnipeg between 2012 and 2016, like we were there. And then, yeah, we just kind of opened a pop-up shop and then another pop-up shop. It's just kind of like snowballed, right? Like as, as soon as I was able to, you know, quit my day job and do it full time, it was really about kind of attacking the game at all angles and seeing where we could fit in and seeing what we could create as far as, you know, a real community in the city. And that, that all started in around like 2016 when I, when I went full time with it and could really just deplete all of my energy, you know, making products and throwing parties and, you know, reaching out to people and building relationships. So it's been very tied into the whole community aspect from the culmination of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like, it was never about me or wanting, you know, to do something as a job or it was never a source of income. Like, it was, like, when I was growing up, I didn't have, I didn't feel like I belonged to a particular community. So it was like, fuck it, let's make one. You know? Sweet, man. That's awesome. 
That's a legendary quote. That's awesome, man. <laughs> Thanks, man. I'm definitely a fan as well. I've come down to the shop a couple of times and seen kind of everything you've had, even when you guys were at your previous location there. So I think that it's really important for, for local businesses, people in the community, just to engage with their people and, and be for the community. I've firsthand seen you do that in, in many different ways, like you allowing artists to do music videos within your shop, having artist shows, pop-ups, certain things like that. And so what are some of the impacts that you've seen that model make on the community over you know the past couple of years or the years that you started it what what's been some of the biggest impacts you've seen on the community shit that's a that's a tough question because i don't look at a lot of stuff that i do in that particular way i guess but before i did friday nights i worked at a smoke shop called farsada region avenue in transcona i was there for seven years and i watched uh the two guys there build their business over the time that i was there in uh you know in the neighborhood of transcona all their customers are from transcona all their customers are you know drinking at the royal george hotel the central hotel the pandora we get the same cast of characters in every single day you know after working there long enough you begin to know what they want to smoke you begin to know what beer they're grabbing from the vendor next door you know if you got your favorite snacks in you know, to ask if their wife's legs doing okay or how their mom's surgery went kind of thing. So the biggest piece of advice I ever took off these guys and something that I started to apply to my own business, but just, you know, also how I lived my life early on is <laughs> uh, they always said they built their business on friendliness and cheap cigarettes. And, you know, I had one of those things down pat, right? So getting to know people was always part of the plan when I started Friday nights. And, you know, over the years, that was always just the default, right? Like streetwear has this very, streetwear is notoriously exclusive. And we wanted to have an inclusive aspect to our brand and create an atmosphere of inclusion and welcomeness. So when people would reach out to us to shoot videos in the shop or, you know, ask us to come set up and sell t-shirts at a, at a rap show or, uh, you know, just want clothes for a video shoot, the answer was always yes, especially at the beginning, because we had no reason to say no. We wanted to be that stalwart in the community that, you know, was dependable. Like I always wanted people to feel like they could count on us. And that's regardless of whether or not we have, you know, relationships with certain artists. Like I at least want to know that I put my best foot forward in being like a jump off point. If we can kind of help young artists and creatives, uh, not even young artists and creatives, hell, old artists and creatives, you know, I'm, I'm 31 myself. But if we could be a, you know, a connection point or a jump off point for people to, you know, feel like they could take the next step after if we could help in any way like that, that's always something that I wanted to do. So that's a bit about like how we run things. But as far as seeing the impacts of that, I don't know that I've seen impacts uh, that were direct, the direct result of anything I did, but it's been really fortunate. I've been really fortunate to, you know, I've been able to work with a lot of artists in the city and creatives in the city and watch, you know, where they've taken things since you know since first first meeting them or you know we used to do like shows in the shop so i'd see people pop off and like rock a clothing shop full of 30 people like crazy you know and it's cool to see what they're doing now also so i don't know if that answers your question but that's awesome no absolutely i i think that's a great answer and it's you know it's just one of those answers you're a guy for the community made by the community man and it's so great to see the you know firsthand i can say that i've seen an impact from the outside just in terms of uh even for myself you know the creative space it provides the attitude and energy it puts into the air in terms of the city and things like that so that's that's super great to hear thank you man 
I've definitely directly would say that I've directly been impacted in just being able to take part in the events and stuff that have taken place there coming through has been huge getting to meet people as as you know uh, an artist myself I'm 22 and that's been a place that I've been able to connect with some people of generation of musicians before and um, yeah it's been a been a wicked cool space to to have so thank you man appreciate that yeah our, our new spot on Donald is uh, a bit of a game changer for us uh, you know there's uh, we, we actually haven't figured out what to call it yet but you know we've kind of dissected it into like Friday nights make shit soon to be known as market and then uh, we have this front kind of event space which is something that we're hoping to share with the community as as you know restrictions ease up and stuff open it up a bit more for people to come and enjoy but yeah i'm super glad that you guys have been able to check it out and you know feel like the last couple spots impacted you guys it's that's really cool so when did you get the spot in the exchange we were in uh, uh 2017 we were on mcdermott avenue that was i think june 2017 so we put in just about three years there and then moved into a uh, new space on Donald just a couple blocks away this past, uh, sorry, January 2020, right before the pandemic hit. Sweet. Okay. And what were the first events at the McDermott space? Just rap shows and stuff? Yeah, honestly, man, like we didn't, we did almost like exclusively hip hop there. There's been the odd like R&B or kind of alternative kind of thing that we did there. Miyazwe was the first one. Um, so that was like the opening night. Miyazwe and I want to say Malcolm J performed. Dope. That was a really cool show, man. Super intimate. You knew at the old spot, if there was a red curtain in the window, we were throwing a jam. The first one, we didn't want people using our washroom, so we actually like got a porta potty and just parked it on the sidewalk out front. <laughs> like that's awesome. My landlord was wondering what was going on. Like he's just, my landlord is Abi Khan, so uh, Shwarma Khan. Sick. And so he's like, you know, his office is right there. His restaurant's right next door to my where the store was. Yeah, I remember him like walking out one day and seeing a porta potty in front of his restaurant. He's like, dude, what's going on? Oh, <laughs> like, I'll move it in front of my store. Like, that's just where they put it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, he was cool with it. Um, but yeah, we had uh, Miyazwe and Malcolm J the first night and CJ the Gray actually. Dope, dope. Those guys are all awesome. So it was really cool. And then I think we did Lavish there one night. Habs. Yeah, we did some crazy ones, man. It was a fun time. It was like half the space we have now. So it was a real sardine can vibe, but it was cool. Sweet. And I know that now you've transitioned into some things. Like you've got the hip hop karaoke thing yeah. going on. Like when did you start doing things beyond straight up concerts? Well, that was kind of always like what separated us. I felt like anytime I put out a collection of clothing, we threw a jam. Um, and we'd reach out to an artist to see if they wanted to perform, try and break somebody off right from the jump that was kind of the move was let's put people in a room let's create a platform let's have a good time and we did a pop-up shop with malcolm J in 2016 he performed and we'd gotten broken into shortly after that and i remember i went on facebook i hit up this guy i knew who was planning events and uh asked if he needed a hand because i was probably like six months into doing friday nights full-time i was broke you know i threw all my money into this pop-up shop the merch for this pop-up shop like i reinvested every dollar like friday nights i don't even think had his own bank account at that time right like it was just like me throwing dollars into it and yeah we got like robbed for everything we had basically and i just like hit the pavement and started like asking people if they needed you know somebody to work events run events so I had a bit of experience just doing like little shows and I ended up getting a couple opportunities. I started planning some rooftop parties for a little while and then I got into planning the Winnipeg Santa Parade, Nui Blanche and Table for 1200, which are like some of the premier events in the city. Total fluke, met the chick who organizes them. She's, uh, you know, incredible, inspiring woman, gave me, you know, 
one of the biggest opportunities in my life. And that kind of changed the game for me. So started really looking at events in a new light and realizing that was something that set us apart. Events, you know, it's all about bringing people together. It's all about, you know, creating relationships and lasting memories. And definitely that was like a turning point for me because I realized that as long as we could kind of foster that, you know, community growth, that our brand didn't need to be the forefront. The community could be the forefront, events could be the forefront. And we could just work on, you know, creating a Winnipeg that we wanted to see. And just let our clothes kind of be the merch, you know? Like, why do you buy merch? You buy merch to support your favorite artists. You buy merch to, like, rep where you're from and the shit you care about. And that, that was kind of it for me. I'm like, let's, let's not look at this so much as just a clothing company. And started looking at different ways we could reach larger groups of people by getting people together in the same place. And kind of hip-hop karaoke was birthed off that energy. It was something that I wanted to do for a minute. And, uh, you know, the guys at Gary Street Coffee, Feta and Abby were really gracious enough to kind of just like encourage it off rip. I remember like, I probably wouldn't even started it, you know, solo, but Feta was just like, yo, let's do it here. And then uh, it kind of popped off from there. That's awesome. Love hearing the origin stories of such a dope and, and recognizable thing in the music scene here in this community. I did want to ask about, you know, obviously the pandemic has affected basically everybody in the world hugely for small businesses. Just wanted to touch on how that affected what you guys had going on, if things have been getting better recently with restrictions loosening and, and all that, you know. Right. You know, like... Uh, events got hit like almost no other sector. Um, you know, they're the first thing to get shut down. It'll be the last thing to reopen. So we had to pivot pretty drastically. And it was at a time where we were planning on, you know, leaning into events. So it, it took us by surprise. And it, I definitely had to take some time to learn how to adjust to the new world. Like we haven't had it, you know, anywhere near as hard as, you know, so many Manitobans and people across Canada have been hit with everything that's going on. And, you know, we've been fortunate enough to receive a couple grants and COVID support to kind of keep us afloat during some of the slower time. And now we're just kind of like pedaling out of it, man. As far as like running the business goes, you know, I've had a lot more time to grow as an entrepreneur and learn more about the ins and outs of just running businesses, which has been exciting for me personally, because for a long time, I always leaned more on the on the creative side and it's nice to have balance in my life but yeah so we're just maintaining you know it's not adult time like you know we're turning 10 this year and that demands kind of its own you know it really like needs its own focus for me to make sure that it's it's a memorable tenure you know we want to celebrate everything we've accomplished but also um, everything we've been fortunate enough to take part in and all the people we've been fortunate enough to meet so without being able to really throw a jam or celebrate the right way my biggest uh, the biggest thing in front of me has just been designing product and reaching people that way so I'm working on more pieces right now currently than I ever have like in, in my career doing this so in the last probably like 50 pieces on, on, on my plate right now that you know are either in the early stages of design or just finishing production or somewhere in the middle or out for photos um so the pandemic's really just kind of taught me how to be a better business owner better multitasker and stop looking at you know coming to the studio as going to work that's one big thing too started the pandemic i told myself like it's not going to work you know you need to familiarize yourself with the terms get to i get to go to the studio today instead of i have to go to work and that's helped my mindset uh, throughout the pandemic as well. Love it. Love the silver lining and the positive mindset. With Definitely. That. That's great, man. 
For those of you just tuning in, we are engaged with 101.5 UMFM. We're sitting down with Eric from the East of Friday Night's Hip Hop Karaoke. And yeah, let's get back into it. I want to quickly talk about a couple of pieces or one piece in particular that you actually just released this year. And then as well as a couple of initiatives you did. And that would be the Winnipeg's hardest sweaters that you released. Yeah, yeah, those are fun. I think that that was such a super cool idea. If people are listening, don't know, it was a sweater that was Winnipeg's hardest and you can go ahead and, and explain it. Uh, I just kind of want to know what was the inspiration behind that? You know, what was the inspiration behind uh, providing, you know, for the community because you had done so much with that and, and raised a lot of funds for Winnipeg Harvest? Yeah, um, it, I got the idea for uh, to, do, to do some sort of fundraiser for Winnipeg Harvest in early stage COVID days. I was going kind of crazy at my apartment and hadn't seen anybody in a long time. I say a long time, that's all relative. It had been a few weeks though. And uh, everything was kind of uncertain. I didn't know if we'd be able to do anything, you know, jam wise or like anything, right? Probably one of the most uncertain times when we first got locked down. And as a creative, like, I don't know, I can't turn my output off. Like, you know, if I'm mid work day and I have a creative thought, like I need to go with it because I don't know if that's going to get back to me later on. So like output is everything. And a lot of my output comes out in the form of a t-shirt. It comes out in the form of, you know, a piece of clothing or a piece of art or like, but usually something that we make available by a Friday nights, right? And that's something that I had taken for granted in the fact that like the economy hadn't stopped, you know, at the point that up until this point for me, like I could, uh, I could put out t-shirts and people would buy t-shirts. And I hit a wall with COVID thinking to myself, like, I think it was the day that I got laid off from my, from my event job. Like they canceled, you know, New Eve launch, they were canceling Table for 1200. And I ended up getting laid off my salary job doing events. <clears throat> Um, and I, I felt kind of real helpless and my thought was like, it can be so much worse than this. I didn't want to sell people something during a time where so many were like, not even sure where their next paycheck was coming from. I didn't even know. I don't even think Serb was like rolled out yet. I'm like, how can you sell product? But it's like, if you can't, if I can't sell product and like keep our web store popping, like where are my designs going? Where are my ideas going? What am I doing? That's honestly been the biggest struggle throughout the pandemic is like without being able to throw jams and, and rally community and bring people together. Like, I feel like, what, what do I even do if I'm not, you know, if I'm not doing that, which is why the idea to create a t-shirt for Winnipeg Harvest kind of came into my mind. And when I was thinking about it, like who needs this the most right now? Like people need to eat like food security and the idea to do a t-shirt that said Winnipeg's hardest came into my mind and I ran with it. I designed it. I reached out to Harvest and I explained the thought process because I know like, you know, a lot of, a lot of nonprofits and a lot of organizations in the city or, you know, have decision makers who, you know, are a generation or two behind us, right. Depending on where we land. <laughs> and it's unfortunate, but you know, some of these organizations aren't the most progressive and focus more on red tape than, you know, what the end goal is, right? And the end goal here is, uh, you know, feeding people. And I knew we had like a strong community that would, A, really mess with this graphic. Like immediately, as soon as I designed it, I, it was one of those things where I jumped off the couch. I was like, oh, you know, like, um, <laughs> so I, I knew people were going to mess with it. And especially like more so because, you know, it was for a good cause. So, you know, it was like two really important things that kind of just met and it's like, oh yeah, these are, we'll, we'll sell 200 of these things. So I hit Harvest up and they, they weren't down. So they told me no. And then eventually the email chain went cold. And I, I normally would not have asked permission actually. Like, you know, we've gotten into trouble before for, you know, for those of you who've been following us. And normally we don't ask permission for stuff like that. But uh, 
But one time I do, you know, they decline. And I decided, okay, like, let me wait this out. And we made it a sticker, gave the sticker away. People were really into it. And then, uh, yeah, I made myself a hoodie and got great feedback on it and said, you know what, like, end of the day, the goal is to, the goal is food security. So, you know, if somebody wants to get mad at me for making these, like, you should really take a look at organizational priorities. And I just put them out and dropped them anyway. And yeah, we sold out in like 30 minutes with the exception of like one of the smalls, which ended up getting bought in the live as I was packing them up. <laughs> so that was super cool. Uh, we were able to raise like 3,500 bucks for Harvest, I think. Provided over a thousand meals for people across Manitoba. That's amazing. Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah, super awesome. Super inspiring. I love those kind of stories. And I totally feel what you mean in terms of, you know, when everyone can come together and sort of be on that goal of what the end goal is, that's when we can make the most impact. And so finding finding ways to do that, it's always a challenge to get people on the same page and stuff like that. So I totally hear you. The biggest thing that, uh, sorry to cut no, you No, no, go uh, ahead. The biggest thing for, I mean, a lot of young people or, or people in, you know, positions with platforms is, is to push boundaries, right? Like, uh, I, I don't think that we would have made it this far, you know, as a society, if people didn't go against the grain and you take a lot of heat, people are going to be mad at you for, for doing things differently, for ignoring the rules or for, you know, doing things when people tell you not to. But like, if the purpose is pure and you know exactly what you're doing it for, like, forget about that red tape, you know? 100%. Yeah, 100%, man. You know, that's what makes Winnipeg so great, I think, is those community engagements that I see all over the place. Those little pop-up, those events you do, all the types of things you throw together. I remember even just this summer, our group, Community Cares, you had matched our donations up into $1,000 from the community. And so little things like that uh, have been super inspiring for us as young, uh, young people trying to, you know, become more engaged in the community and learning ways to become engaged in the community. So that's super that's inspiring. That's cool, man. Yeah, no. Of course, and you guys are, uh, that's that's the exact kind of thing that more young people in Winnipeg should be doing or taking part in initiatives like that. And the biggest key is awareness, right? So there's tons and tons of, you know, creatives in Winnipeg with platforms that can help propel, you know, causes like yours or any cause for that matter. And yeah, so it's uh, good to see you guys moving forward with those care packages as well. Normally, I would ask doing something like this, you know, what's next? You know, what's your plan if you have, you know, a year of six month, five year plan, whatever. I think a more appropriate question is, are you planning ahead given how unpredictable the past year has been? And if so, what does that look like for you and Friday nights? Yeah, I mean, uh, I work with a lot of moving targets. So like, you know, right now I do have ideas in mind for, you know, 200 plus person events. Uh, you know, I, I do have ideas in mind for distanced events stuff like that like with the brand we're always planning ahead as i mentioned earlier we've got like 50 pieces in the hopper right now so we're going to try and keep that momentum going make sure that we're always ahead of the game there but yeah really like it's as as a creative entrepreneur my structure kind of just relies on always having something to do so we might have an idea i might have an idea today that becomes a reality in two years from now or six months from now and it's just kind of all dependent on you know what the climate's like like strike while the iron's hot kind of thing right so we we do have plans uh i wouldn't say necessarily in a five-year plan sort of way but definitely things that will get executed when it's time and you know things that we'd love to bring to fruition but yeah as far as like in the immediate future april 17th it's gonna be our first saturday back open i don't know when this is airing or whatever but um, <laughs> so uh but yeah we're opening up our uh our studio this month every single saturday we're gonna continue forward with that until they tell us we can't and then yeah it's gonna be putting out a bunch of merch for our 10 years so that's that's kind of priority goal number one right now 
Sweet. So yeah, by the time this airs, Friday nights is back open. It'll definitely be beyond the seventeenth. So yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's fantastic. Everybody go down to Friday nights and go cop something. We'll also be launching like the rebrand of our, our current company, Makeshit, which uh, will soon be known as Market M A R K dot I T, which is our kind of like a full service kind of design and print shop for creatives and artists. We're doing everything from one off T-shirts to you know full orders from brands, and we're really excited about that. We're getting fine tuned in and just finishing up our rebrand, so look out for that as well. Yeah, you guys got stickers. Um, they got posters. They got all sorts of things. It's such a creative space, and any artist that's looking for those types of things, just just hit them up and head down there, please. I need to get one of those wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube men, you know, to stand outside <laughs> and draw people over. That would yeah. be real fire. Wearing the Friday <laughs> merch too, like oversized Friday nights merch. Like, yeah, like, yo, just wait. Yeah, just yeah. wait. I'm gonna. I'm going to put one of those guys on a t-shirt this way, and then I'll, I'll, I'll reference this podcast when I drop the shirt. That's awesome. Sick, man. <laughs> Dope. So just before we wrap up here, as the guest of this episode, you know, we're airing this on 101.5 UMFM. So if there's any, you know, song in particular that you'd like for us to try to get in there, you know, preferably a song that is out. I know you got lots of rap homies, but if there's any songs you like that you want to play after this. Oh, man. Now you got me on the spot. um okay uh give me the new egg joint it'll be out when this when you're listening to this new egg joint will be out okay (laughs) all right sweet sweet if it's if it's not out just edit edit me out here but it'll be out on god it's fire um yeah (laughs) you got a backup in case it's not out Mm. what's an era and a genre are we talking local or are we talking anything anything really oh man Okay. Um, you guys, you guys play Benny the Butcher on one oh uh, UMFM or what? <laughs> we can. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Sweet. All right, I'll pass that on. Let's do it. Plan A is the new egg joint, though. Word. Thanks a lot for taking the time to come on here and do this, man. This has been dope. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait to you know hear who else you guys got on tap. This is a uh, good look. So thank you for reaching out. This has been a conversation with Eric from the East of Friday Nights on Engage on 101.5 UMFM. Thanks a lot, man. Easy. <laughs>